Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. 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 Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than what is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Don't get don't get it twisted. I have loved the March Madness content. I absolutely love March Madness. It's the best, you know, sporting event overall, in my opinion. But boy, am I excited for baseball season. If you clicked on this, you already know what we're talking about. It is our MLB season preview opening day on Thursday. I'm going to stop talking because there's so many things I could say to describe my excitement. Um, I will defer to my guest so he can discuss his excitement. Uh, Noah, Noah McGreeblian, how are you doing? What's up, man? You know, we might be sick, but it's time for a flu game performance on the Red Shirt Podcast, and I'm ready to talk some baseball. <laughs> look, so, look, there are some things that you just kind of got to fight through, and if we're talking about the Red Shirt Podcast MLB preseason prediction, you kind of just got to deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so if you guys have listened before uh, to these preseason previews, we do it pretty standard. We go division by division, um, last to first in each, and then we kind of go over the uh, like MVPs, Cy Young, so on and so forth, discuss the playoff format a little bit. It's pretty simple, I would say. Um, and we are going to start in the AL East. Noah, who do you have in the cellar of the AL East? Um, this one was pretty easy for me. I got the Boston Red Sox uh, in last place. And, you know, I could be long-winded or I could put it this way. Um, their opening day starter is Corey Kluber and their likely three hitter will be Justin Turner. Um, and it's 2023 and I don't think you want that being your opening day starter and your three hitter. No. Um, I also have the Red Sox in last. There's like, a little bit of offensive upside that, you know, they still have some guys that can hit Verdugo's fine. Devers is obviously a stud. The wild card is uh, Masataki Yoshida, who I think will be okay. I think he, obviously we saw him more in the World Baseball Classic, but I still am not sold on on him, like, being that kind of level of a star, like some of the projection models have him for next year. I think he'll be solid. Um, and then after that, Adam Duvall is like a solid bounce back candidate. But you talk about like Justin Turner's fine, but you're right. Him being like being one of the most relied upon people in your lineup isn't great. And I think there are some intriguing pitchers, but overall, it's just not a unit that's very this inspiring. Is a, this is a pretty dreadful roster. I I mean, I don't like it. I, I don't like their roster. I, I nor do I really don't. I mean, yeah, I, I don't see... I mean, the anchor of the bullpen is Kenley Jansen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's honestly just a, a weird... Like, it, it's a lot of just kind of past, past their prime guys, as well as some just very, like, mediocre. I mean, I guess you could look for Tristan Cassis playing, you know, playing close to a full season. That's someone you could maybe look out for, but I don't know. I just, I don't think... You know, in the past, it's been, okay, they don't have incredible pitching, but they can overcome that with a powerful lineup. That lineup does not look like Red Sox lineups in the last several years. So I have the Red Sox finishing last in the AL East. Um, so who do you have Who do you have fourth? Um, in fourth, I got the Orioles. Um, and, you know, I, I it's kind of – this was a good ball club, but this division is so good that um, I think they end up coming in fourth. I think the Orioles – 100% benefit from 
the expanded schedule in terms of, you know, they, they won't be playing as many division games. They'll get to play, you know, the bad NL Central teams, the the bad uh, NL East teams. And I think that's going to be a big thing for the Orioles to try and get towards the playoffs. And the, the thing about the Orioles is their pitching on paper, honestly, isn't that, at least the rotation, I should say, really isn't that good. But I just, I kind of just trust the Orioles to figure it out in that sense. And also, you know, the ballpark, you got to hit the ball like 430 feet to get it out to left field. So I like what these guys are doing. And with a team like the Orioles, with that stack farm system, you can guarantee there's going to be juice injected into them in the summer. They're going to call up some prospects. Um, I've got them in fourth place, but honestly, like fourth place in the AL East could still be contending for a wild card spot. I have them winning 86 games. I uh, We're stepping step so far. I have the Orioles in fourth, and I would echo what you say. It's less a product of me thinking they're a fourth-place team and more a product of this being a loaded division. We saw them with a crazy resurgence last year, um, going all the way to the brink of a playoff spot. It was pretty fun to watch. And the catalyst for that was obviously Adley Rutschman. He is already, in my opinion, one of the one of the best catchers in baseball, if not. I mean, I'd probably give the nod to Real Muto, but Adley Rutschman is already a star. And this whole, I think this whole season he's going to be, honestly, especially by catching standards, a superstar. Um, and around him, the lineup is pretty strong. Um, Cedric Mullins, you know what you're getting with him. Uh, Anthony Santanderis had a good year. Ryan Mountcastle, I feel awful for him with the way that the dimensions work out <laughs> because they just shaft him, but he's he's a solid piece. Um, and then you talk about Gunnar Henderson, the, their top prospect who, man, I, I think the sky is the limit for that guy. I think he's going to break out in a huge, huge way. And then from there, it's it's not necessarily that explosive, but they have got they have guys like throughout the order that I think can get it done. It's a deep lineup. It's a deep lineup, and it feels like there are several young players where there's you could I I might not necessarily predict it myself, but it feels like there's some nuance where there we can have a breakout guy that we might not even be thinking about right now. Um, the rotation. Kyle Stowers. Kyle Stowers is a great one. Um, the rotation is a little disappointing. But I like Dean Kramer. Um, I think I'm. I think Dean Kramer is gonna have a pretty solid year. Tyler Wells is a little intriguing to me. I I just I wish they beefed up the rotation a little more. But this is a team that could maybe be making a. I mean, I hate when they like people put it this way. But talk about Grayson Rodriguez. He's gonna start the year in the minors. But at some point, I expect him to be up, and he has the pedigree to be an impact player. Um, so that that'd be big for them. And then come, you know, I think they're targeting around maybe sometime in July. John means, you know, you never know what you're it's hard to know coming back from a big injury like that. But getting, you know, that sort of deadline acquisition and John means that could be um, that could be very helpful. And they have the assets to if they're starting off strong, they can add some more chips on the table. I'm not saying, they're going to go out and trade for Shohei Otani at the trade deadline. But they, if they start off hot and I'm that front office, I'm saying, okay, we we can make the playoffs in this thing. We we have some guys that we can kind of move around. We don't need – we just need to supplement some of this, get a little more pitching, we can make a run. Um, with that being said, I think – and I love the bullpen as well. I think it's just the the rotation has me a little – 
concern compared to some of these other teams in the AL East, but I, I think the Orioles are a fantastic ball club and I definitely one of the teams that I'll be rooting for. Cause I think they're just so fun. These young teams that surprise are, are always fun to watch. I have them fourth, but again, not indicative of fourth because of their division, less about me thinking they're a fourth place team. Um, who do you have third? Um, I got the Rays um, at 87 wins. Um, you know, the Rays are always an interesting team going into the year. Uh, you look at their rotation, and you, I mean, not their rotation, you look at their lineup and their bullpen. And they don't look great on paper, but they just they always figure it out. And it's going to be like that again this year. Um, you know, the, it's just it's a good lineup. It's it's a good rotation. It's a good bullpen. Just a solid team. And uh, they actually kind of have some star power now. You know, they got Randy Rosarino, obviously, Wander Franco, Brandon Lau. Then you got Shane McClanahan emerged last year. That signing of Zach Eflin is very, very interesting to me. And the bullpen is locked down. Um, it just should be a classic solid Rays team. Yeah. Uh, I also have the Rays in third. Uh, the lineup, like you said, is pretty deep. And if you get, I mean, it's hard to expect it out of a full year. But look, all I'm going to say is Randy Rosarena in like a playoff big game situation is the best player to ever grace the sport. He just turns it on to another level. Um, and, you know, even if you're not getting that type of production from him he's steady solid Brandon Lau has continued to move forward Yandy Diaz steady presence at the top of the lineup hitting Harold Ramirez you know that's that guy's gonna get on base uh and get, and get some some base knocks when you need it um as always the bullpen is just a collection of guys and at the beginning of the year like yeah you know maybe it's not that sexy and then they just all end up getting it done Jason Adam Peter Fairbrain Peter Fairbanks uh, Andrew Kittredge, bunch of different guys that can get it done. And the rotation is, um, it's unfortunate, you know, what Tyler Glasnow has been dealing with. I think that does hurt, but the rotation's still pretty good. Um, McClanahan kind of headlining it. Uh, Jeffrey Springs has been a, a good revelation. The Redshirt podcast, me and Noah, we've, we've been on Jeffrey Springs for a while. Um, Eflin and Rasmussen, there's, it's the Rays, and it doesn't look like a, any sort of guarantee on paper, and it's not a guarantee, but they have – it feels like they have the pace, the pieces to be able to to glue it all together. And for me, the biggest X factor is Wander Franco. He obviously has all the pedigree. Um, over the 153 games that he has played, uh, his slash line of 282, 337, 439 with a 121 WRC+. Plus. But obviously, that's been over two seasons. He's struggled with some injuries, and his splits are very insane. He uh, across his career, he's the switch hitter. He has a 160 WRC plus against lefties, but a 106 WRC plus against righties. Um, and he improved on that in 2022 against righties. But I think if he to really kick it into that next gear to hit on that number one prospect ceiling. He's got to keep on improving against righties, and then from there, that's that's the guy that they expect him. He'll be a staple. He'll be an MVP candidate kind of thing. Um, overall, I like the Rays. I think it's just it's a cutthroat uh, league. Like I think when you look at it, there are, I mean, four teams, maybe even three if you're being 
if you really want to be generous, teams that I'm certain will not compete for the playoffs. Other than that, I can see a scenario for almost every team from every, every division. So I have the Rays in third. Who do you have in second? Um, My second place team uh, is the New York Yankees. And to be honest with you, uh, obviously injuries are kind of impacting why I'm saying this, but I am a little worried for the Yankees in their current state. I mean, they've basically lost all their pitchers to injury for now. And the lineup, it's a lot of what it was last year. and. Really, the Yankees kind of weren't that great of a team other than Aaron Judge. Like, they're solid, you know. But I'm just wondering, I don't think Judge is going to recreate his 2022 season. People are going to have to step up around him. I have them winning 91 games, but I could see a disaster in the Bronx and the Yankees not making the playoffs. Um, and that would probably be, um, that'd be hilarious to watch and hilarious to witness. Um, I don't think it happens, but I'm not very high on this team as it stands right now. I'm with you. Um, I hate to be chalk on this first division, but I, I wouldn't surprise me if a lot of it is. I also have the Yankees in second. I think they'll snag a wild card spot. But you were spot on with the lineup. Judge is going to do some judge things, but you can't expect him to have another historic season you need um obviously Rizzo's been a pretty consistent guy that can help out Stanton has that slug um you're you're really looking at some some guys towards the bottom of the lineup or just like a Glaber Torres being able to contribute DJ LeMahieu he doesn't necessarily need to look he doesn't need to be that you know when he was fantastic a couple years ago but he can just move the envelope I uh, like the the group of Donaldson Hicks. I don't know. Jury's out on that. I'm not. I don't love it. Trevino. I don't think is gonna have the offensive production that he's had. Uh, the big thing is, I mean, if Anthony Volpe, he's, you know, if he can just be a little like spark plug, he doesn't necessarily need to be an 800 OPS guy out of the gates. But if he can keep some rallies going, improve as the year goes on, that's gonna be huge. I'll say this: he's just a fancy IKF. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's my take that's my take on Volpe for now interesting um one guy I'm pretty interested in I like Harrison Bader I know he uh he's dealing with some injuries but I think when once he gets healthy he's a guy that that can break out when he gets in a rhythm he's shown some of that in small spurts uh and I don't know I'm just kind of weirdly high on him and the thing about the Yankees is they're totally built on their pitching like they have some guys in the lineup but it's the pitching that gives all of them this sort of hope. And and boy, are they decimated in terms of well, starting. Yeah, I mean, in April, you're going to have Clark Schmidt, uh, Domingo Herman, and Joni Brito uh, coming out three of the five days. You've got Nestor and Garrett Cole, but because of injuries, no one else right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at their injured list of pitchers, that's a fan, that would be, when it, you know, a, an, an elite trio of guys when you have Rodon and Montas. Montas is probably out of the picture. Yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah. And then Rodon, you know, he'll it'll take him some time. Set and then Luis Severino, it seems like it won't hamper him as long. But that's a guy always hurt. That's a guy that struggled with injuries for a while. And so you can say that this might not sideline him for 
for a while, but it, it, he's far from a guarantee. Um, the bullpen, the bullpen always shows up. Uh, you know, Holmes, Clay Holmes has kind of emerged as a pretty, pretty lockdown guy for the most part. But and my, getting Michael King back, a healthy Michael King, will be, um, uh, will be fun. But I don't know when. When I see this Yankees team, I think that they're gonna be a playoff team. But I agree with what you're saying in terms of there's there's a scenario where if they if if they can't get healthy in the rotation and they can't get contributions from like you know the more the fringe guys at the bottom of the lineup they I don't know to me this roster you would not think that they are one of the high have one of the highest payrolls in the league like it's it's kind I'll, of I'll put it very disappointing that lineup with that seasons are one in the summer um you know like june through august that's that's where the good teams really shine through but um I, I don't I don't think they're gonna be very good in April and May. And that doesn't mean that um they'll they'll probably be good in June because they'll, they'll probably be healthy. But I think that they're gonna be a below five hundred team when we head into June. And you talk about how competitive the AL East is, you you know, even when they're able to turn that corner, you might just be you know, it's everyone else might have a little bit of a head start there. But Yankees are an interesting interesting case. Um, and I'm going to make a very bold prediction now. I'm going to say the team that you have winning the American League East is the Toronto Blue Jays. Am I am I on to something? <laughs> it is the Blue Jays, and uh, I think I, at this point, fall for the Blue Jays every year, and maybe I'm doing it again, but I do think they'll win this division. Uh, the lineup is stacked. Um, they got some veterans in the offseason. Uh, it's, it's good to see that. The rotation is nails Yusei Kikuchi has had a really big spring if he carries that over then that rotation is maybe the best in the American League uh I think the hope and expectations for Jose Barrios is for him not to be batting practice and for him to just be a league average starting pitcher and I think he can accomplish that bullpen really good you know they they did give up to Oscar Hernandez for Eric Swanson that's kind of a Buying, uh, buying high, but uh, still a good move. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think they have too many injuries right now. I think they're pretty healthy coming into the year. Toronto should get rolling out of the gate, and I've got them winning this division. But we said it; it's really tight, one through four. You know, the Blue Jays could come in fourth place, and the Orioles could win the division. I, th- I think it's that neck and neck. Yeah. The Blue Jays are just a pretty well-rounded team. They've made some moves here and there this offseason. Said goodbye to Teoscar Hernandez, Lord Escuriel, uh, top catching prospect, uh, Gabe Moreno. But they're still a a pretty solid team on both sides. George Springer is a guy that I I think is going to continue to age well. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the sport. Um, The infield, Chapman, uh, Vladdy, Bichette. And then some sort of platoon, you know, it could be Merrifield, Biggio at second, Espinal. Um, behind the plate, Alejandro Kirk. They added Dalton Varsho, very versatile. They'll have lots of control over him. He's a guy who feels like he's on an upward trajectory. Um, that's just a super stout lineup. Rotation, Manoa, Gosman, Bassett. It's a pretty consistent three. I think Manoa might suffer a little bit of regression, but I'm big on Kevin Gosman. I think that he's... I think that he's he's legit, and when that back half of the rotation, it, you know, the numbers obviously haven't been fantastic in the past, but it's very easy to see them bouncing back and and being competent. 
it's obviously no no guarantee, but Barrios and Kikuchi have, you know, had success before. And let me pull up the numbers on it because I was I was looking at it. Um so with Barrios, it's it's fascinating because he uh when they acquired him, he was pretty good the year across 2021, and they gave him the big extension. And then by all accounts, his 2022 season was awful. 5-2-3 RA, 4.55 FIP. Um, his bat his fastball and sinker were absolutely demolished. His, you know, his bread and butter was limiting hard contact, but he was awful in terms of that last year. But at the same time, he's been, you know, he he's shown flashes. There's a reason he got that big contract. There's a reason he's been regarded as a as a solid young pitcher. He's still only 29 and has a solid track record. I think is he gonna bounce back beautifully to earn it, you know, earning the 18.7 annual value? Maybe not. But I think it's it's fair to expect a little bit of positive regression to the mean where he can be. I'm sure they would hope he was more of a front of the line guy, but at this point, I think they would take it if he could just be a solid, solid four. What I'll say what's weird about him is his home run, uh, home run to fly ball percentage, uh, or fly ball home run percentage really didn't change that much. He just stopped striking people out and started giving up more home runs. It was pretty in line with his career numbers. He just, for some reason, couldn't strike people out anymore and was giving up a bunch of home runs. So, um, I didn't even mention Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt's an interesting ad. I think in, you know, in a platoon situation, giving him some some at-bats against tough righties, I think that's going to be kind of an, a sneaky, underrated move. I don't think he's going to turn heads. I don't think he's going to be the reason that they win the World Series or lose the World Series. But I think that's a sneaky good pickup in terms of depth. And he'll enjoy not being in 50-degree uh, in the summer of San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So that is the East. After the East, we move on to the Central. Who do we have at the bottom of the Central, Noah? Um, I've got the Royals at the bottom of this division. Um, this is a pretty boring division. There's not a lot going on, and there's really not a ton of reasons to watch the games in this division. Um, but it's not that the Royals don't have some young talent. I mean, they're an interesting team. They actually have a ton of young talent with Witt, Melendez, Pasquantino. Uh, that's 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 a good trio. Um, and it should be a fun trio to watch. The pitching is uh very, 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 very boring and not exciting. The bullpen's got some dudes they they throw gas. Uh, but I'm I'm not really gonna talk about the Royals that much. I got them in last place. Maybe they'll get fourth place. Maybe a long shot they'll get third place. That's my take on the Royals. So we finally have some nuance here. I have the Detroit Tigers in fifth place. The Tigers going into last year, we were talking about them kind of being a sneaky good team after they had, they showed some optimism the previous season in 2021, and that just fell flat. Uh, the debut of Spencer Torkelson was incredibly underwhelming, but I, I, I'm a staunch believer that I think he will turn it around. I think he... His numbers will improve. He might not be a pure masher, like, you know, putting up a 130 kind of WR, I suppose, but he has that strong batting discipline. Uh, he hits the ball hard. He just needs to lift it a little bit, which is easier said than done, but I think he'll be able to bounce back a little bit. Um, Riley Green with more, you know, time at the big league level, I think he'll improve. 
Uh, Austin Meadows is a is kind of a sneaky guy. Same with Jonathan Scope has had his moments in terms of splits. But overall, this lineup doesn't do much for me. I'm not. I'm I'm out on Javi. I really am. I think Javi just in a lineup like this, it's just not conducive to him. You can't like why why would anyone throw Javi a strike at any point when he has no real protection and they know he's gonna swing. And it's not like he's in situations like, I don't know. It, Javi's a big moment guy. Like Javi thrives off of that sort of energy. And that's not what is happening in Detroit. Respect. He gets to play in empty America. Yeah. Um, and then the rotation. I don't really know what to expect from Eduardo Rodriguez. Is he, you know, weird 2022. Is he uh, even going to show up? <laughs> he's, you know? he's allegedly going to start opening day, but who's to say um matt boyd that's kind of cool to see him him back there i think he can be solid matt manning's been around for a while i think he'll be solid you know uh getting a healthy spencer turnbull he last time we saw him you know really pitching it was it was pretty good but uh, you know coming back from big surgery like that there's there's no guarantees overall i mean there's just hopefully yeah, I I don't I don't love it. I I don't love what's cooking in Detroit. But I I think that a successful season for them is Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson playing well. That is of the utmost importance. That's what's going to really matter for them. Um I've got the team that you just talked about in fourth place. Um so I won't say much about them, but I will counter your take and say I do think Javi Baez will have a better year this year. Um, it's also it would be hard to have a worse year, I guess. But uh, there's not a lot happening. Riley Green is cool. Maybe Austin Meadows can be good again. I'm not going to talk about these guys anymore, though. We've talked about them enough. I mean, I'm looking at it. This is one of the most disgusting slash lines I've ever seen. Because it's one, a lot of times when you see, you know, an ugly slash line, it's, okay, this guy can get on base, but he has no power. This guy has some power, but he gets he can't get on base. Javi Baez had a 278 on base percentage and a 393 slugging. He had neither. He walked at a 4.4%. I mean, it's hard to get worse. I, I agree with that. I think he'll get a little better, but yikes, yikes. I will say the Tigers aren't quite as pathetic this year with Kerry Carpenter being in the big league lineup, getting a guy like Matt Beerling. Uh, apparently their leadoff hitter is going to be Nick Maton. That's that's a fun one, but yeah. 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 Um, fourth, I have the Royals. I won't spend too much time kind of going over the same stuff that Noah was saying about them. The Royals are have some intriguing guys, but as an overall team, I don't I don't really see it. Uh, you know, second year for Bobby Witt, see how he he improves, and I think he will continue to improve. MJ Melendez, a guy that we could see take that second year leap. Vinny Pasquantino, I'm I'm all on Vinny Pasquantino. I think he's going to be consistently one of the better first basemen in first baseman in the major leagues at least in the American League. The guy hits it hard. He consistently makes contact. Uh, he, I'm, I'm big on it. His sample size last year wasn't huge, I believe. 
played less than half of a season, but he was he looked fantastic. WRC plus near 140. I'm all in on him. And then from there, it falls off a little bit. There's not as much in the lineup that I'm super stoked about. Um, the rotation is very strange, not very good. Um, <laughs> Zach Granke's still kicking it. Love to see that. Uh, you know, Brady Brady Singer is, you know, could be something. But after that, I mean, I don't, I don't really see it there. I think that's a lot of guys. Like you, Granky, Lyles, Keller, uh, Bubich, and those are all guys that I think could be a five starter on a decent team, maybe a four. Four might be pushing it. So I think we might see some excitement from the lineup. I think they they can go on some runs. But Michael Massey, Michael Massey, you're right. I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Michael Massey, big Michael Massey guy, but. I just I think the pitching is going to be probably some of the worst in the league, and that that's why I have them in fourth. I think there's maybe a little more oomph to them that puts me you know puts them ahead of the Tigers, but I I can't say I feel strongly about either. I can I can be persuaded. Uh, who do you have in third? In third, I got the Minnesota Twins. Um, I think we get Joey Gallo resurgence. Correa does Correa things. Buxton tries to stay healthy and the pitchers try and compete at a high level. Uh, no, but seriously, the the Minnesota Twins actually built a really good team. But it's the Minnesota Twins and I don't trust the Minnesota Twins to do anything. I feel like they're one of the cursed franchises. I think Joe Ryan takes a step back. Uh I don't love Kenta Maeda this year. Tyler Molly's had some troubles with fastball velocity. This is one of those teams on paper that looks really good, but I just think things are going to go wrong for them. The bullpen is good. Uh, Lopez and Duran is very, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so, you know, the twins should be a fun team to watch, but I think they just end up being dead 581 and 81. Uh, so in third, I have the Chicago White Sox. They were one of the bigger disappointments last year. They were, you know, very hyped up to make a run, and they just fell flat. Some of that injury, some of that, you know, poor performance. The lineup still has some intrigue, but at this point, I think it's lost some of the hype that it once had. Uh, a full-season Tim Anderson, He's he's a – a, a solid steady bat. Say what you want. The kid can hit. Um, Eloy Jimenez, he's going to mash. Uh, I think Andrew Vaughn could be in for a big year. But the signing of Benintendi, I'm not sold on Benintendi. Um, Moncada, I like Moncada, but is he a huge impact guy? I'm not certain. You know, he's been very, very up and down throughout throughout his career. Like, he was he was abysmal last year he was he was not good but then the year before it was solid you don't you don't really know what you're getting from Yohan Moncada uh Yasmani Yorondal I think will be a little better and he's gonna get on base but I don't think we're gonna get back to that point where he's one of the best hitters one of the best catchers and I think Luis Robert is good I would like to preface that and I think Noah when he talks about the uh when he talks about the White Sox will probably echo this Luis Robert is good but I'm not in on the Luis Robert 
like hype for being a sleeper MVP, you know, really big breakout. He has struggled very much to stay healthy and he does not walk at all. And and I don't know. I'm just I think he's good, but I think he has a lot to prove. I think a lot of this is based off pedigree. And don't get it twisted. He is he's solid, can be an above average player, good player. I'm just not at the Luis Robert right now as a superstar, which I don't think is crazy. Uh, the rotation sees uh, coming off of fantastic year, obviously. Lance Lynn, there's not a better, you know, eatings or innings eater. Uh, he, I think he'll be solid. Giolito's kind of, kind of the wild card there. I, I think he'll improve from from what he was last year, but I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where he's like pure dominance. I think he's a guy who's going to have a great start, then he's going to struggle. Great start, so on and so forth. Clevenger, Mike Clevenger is not good. Um, he is not good. I don't know why they signed him. And uh, Michael Kopech's interesting. Obviously, uh, we saw some of that success last year, but seeing it, you know, stretched out um, and seeing if there's some sort of consistency, continuity with him. I don't know. I think I can see the path to the White Sox being a playoff team, being pretty good, but I... I don't know. I don't love. I don't love any like overall aspect of them. The bullpen's solid, but with you know possibly without Liam Hendricks, that's not you know that definitely takes a hit. I don't know. I think they're fine. I think they're very, very, very average. So I have the White Sox, and I feel like they're not that. I don't want to buy exactly momentum, but it feels like the energy around the White Sox is not strong. Obviously, they got rid of Larusa. But it just feels like an organization that is kind of like not sound infrastructurally. So I I have the White Sox in third. Think about three years ago how everyone's future World Series was the Padres versus the White Sox. Now the Padres have four superstars, and the White Sox are a complete mess. And uh, you know I'm not like trying to just hate and hate and hate, but uh. I'm going to go back to Luis Robert. Um, he has no approach, like, whatsoever, and big league teams know that now. So when people say, like, Robert is a Dark Horse MVP candidate, I just think there's, like, no, no way. Um, and maybe I'll be – maybe I'm wrong, and maybe Robert has a big – Robert, Robert, whatever it is, has a big year. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it with this team at all. I have them in second because I just don't really think that the division is, like, good but there's some names in the lineup that are at least intriguing Moncada Vaughn Vaughn's gonna have a big year Anderson is a fantastic hitter one thing to look out for if the White Sox are not very good could Tim Anderson be available on the trade market they do we'll see um yeah they have one of the better pitchers in baseball. They got Lance Lynn, Captain America Lance Lynn. Like you said, Giolito. Uh, not great, though. Just an average AL Central ball club. Yeah. Uh, second, I have the Twins. Twins have a lot of intrigue to them. Joey Gallo. I'm I'm on the Joey Gallo. A little bit of a resurgence, but maybe not back to peak Texas days, but I think... 
I think he's just bound to have some improvements. How he's been, he's been up and down and up and down, and I can see it going back to up. When you have that sort of consistency in terms of being able to draw walks, I think that will always come back to him. And I don't know, it's just with, with that that pure, you know, that pure power and ability to walk. Is he gonna be a consistent bat? No, but do I think he can get back to a guy where you can see him go on tears and and be productive in the lineup but not be kind of a black hole? I think so. They bring back Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is fantastic. Um, and Byron Buxton, I, I I mean, we say it every year. If he's healthy, he's a goon. I think if he's if he if we could get him healthy for a full year, we we're talking about a guy that could be who knows, maybe an MVP candidate, but we we really don't know. We haven't seen that from Buxton. But when he's out there, he's electric. Uh Kepler's a pretty good secondary piece. I I did like Jose Miranda as well. But the, the lineup does kind of tail off from there in terms of like a, a Nick Gordon, possibly like Michael A. Taylor doesn't doesn't exactly do it for me. But granted, they they have been dealing with some some injuries, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and once they get more healthy with that, sure. But looking at that to start the year. Rotation, I like the rotation. I think, is it one of the best? No, but I think one through five, I don't think they have anyone that's going to be awful. Pablo Lopez, solid. I don't think, I don't know if he's a pure ace, but he's very solid, going to give them strong innings. Sonny Gray, same thing. He's going to give them strong innings, not not overpowering, but solid. Joe Ryan, I, I kind of go back and forth on Joe Ryan. I think Joe Ryan's pretty solid. But I think Joe Ryan might, you know, hit hit a bump in the road, and it'll be interesting to see how he progresses as a pitcher because I think he definitely has some room for improvement. But regard, you know, I think there's a lot of leeway between him being, you know, really solid to a little bit below average. I think I could see it both ways. Tyler Molly feels like Tyler Molly's been waiting to break out, and I'm not sure if we're ever going to get a true breakout. But again, competent. Kenta Maeda competent. I think that's a big thing and and in today's game competence is fantastic. The bullpen at the back, who Jorge Lopez, Johan Duran, that's fantastic. The thing is if you get to the bullpen early and you get to face Emilio Pagan, congrats, you're coming back. Um I don't know. This this is a like decent team, I think like you said they'll be kind of fun to watch. But man, this division is not not very inspiring. So I I have them in second, but man, when you talk about I, I really think the Orioles could if you put the Orioles in the center, they are definitely finishing finishing second or first. I feel they'd win the division. I feel pretty confident in that. I think they'd win the division. Yeah, they would. Um and I I was able to get it on the last one, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna make another guess, see if I can go two for two. I'm going to guess that the AL Central team you have winning is the Cleveland Guardians. Am I am I right? It is. Um, I mean, there's not a lot to say about these guys. They're, they're. It's just they're an established brand at this point, you know. Contact, pitching, and fun. I think they win the division pretty easily because we talked about it earlier. Not a lot of good ball clubs in this division. I got them winning eight or nine games, but I'll let you do the talking about them because I we both got them winning, you know. Yeah. Um. I. They. You're right. They really have created this brand. We know what we're getting from them. They are gonna rely on the pitching, and they kind of have that youth to them that 
kind of has that sort of energy to it. You look at the lineup, second year for Stephen Kwan. He's, I don't know if we're going to see him necessarily, like, really significantly improve upon what he's done, but he should, you know, that front-of-the-order contact guy, Ahmed Rosario, kind of similar profile. They just signed Andres Jimenez to a big extension, which I don't I don't know how I feel about the extension overall, but I think he's a solid ball player. And then you kind of have some intriguing guys with some pop around him. Josh Naylor, uh, he can, if he's on, he can absolutely swing it. When he's hot, he's he's a force to be reckoned with. Josh Bell, an interesting, I don't know if I want to call it reclamation project, but he's been, you know, he started the year fantastic in Washington last year and then went to San Diego and decided to play like Eric Hosmer. And he just w- smacked the ball into the ground. But I, I think the, there's there's room for him to kind of improve there, get back to closer to his career norm. Uh, Mike Zanino behind the dish is always interesting because of that slugging element. But, again, ne- never a given. And the rotation is just solid, man. Shane Bieber, I think he gets overlooked sometimes, but he's he's a steady presence. Aaron Savali, pretty good. Cal Quantrill, pretty good. Zach Plezak, competent. That's the thing is, I was saying it about the the Twins previously. Um, maybe it's not best suited for making a deep playoff run, but if you can just have competent starting pitching without clear, clear like weaknesses there, it can get it done. You talk about Tristan McKenzie's dealing with injuries, but hopefully they'll get him back um, some way into the season. Uh, I know he's shut down for, for a little bit, and they think it'll probably take out at least the beginning of the year for him. And then you talk about the bullpen. The bullpen's awesome. The bullpen is always awesome there. Emmanuel Classe has become one of the best relievers in baseball. Uh, Eli Morgan's an intriguing guy. I think he could have a solid year. James Karinchak is a roller coaster of a ride, but they always be able to churn out that good bullpen. And they're a solid team, but I think them winning the division is mainly a product of respecting what they consistently have done in the past, their ability to move forward strong, and also that this division is just brutal, brutally bad. So Guardians, champions of the Central. So we get to the AL West. AL West is kind of Noah territory. He's an Angels fan. Uh, So let's start at the bottom. I don't think you have the Angels, so that would leave four teams. Who do do we have with the seller? Um, Do I need to say it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you do need to say it. Yeah, the A's. Um. Disappointing, I guess. Uh, like sad. I mean, the pitching's not bad, but this was a team that two years ago was a playoff contender, and now it's a joke of a team that is playing in a rotting stadium with 3,000 people going to the games. They spent money, at least for their standards, this offseason, but, mm, you know. Meh, not very good. Probably will sweep the Angels on opening weekend and then not do anything else for the rest of the year. But I like Estrue Ruiz. I like Shea Langeliers. Yeah, I mean... I like Fujinami. Yeah. So they got some talent. Uh, it's almost like if they had uh, kept the guys like Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and Sean Murphy, maybe just maybe they'd, they'd have a good team. I mean, the A's are it, – it, it is really sad the way that the A's have gone. And the thing is, there are some guys where there's some injury, but most of the lineup, it's not full of 
Like when you're talking about the Tigers, Tigers have two standout guys where it's like, okay, even if everyone else sucks, we can be excited about like watching Torkelson and watching Green. I, I like Shea Langlier's and I like Esteban Ruiz. Um, but after that, it's really just a lot of guys that kind of fill in. Seth Brown's a solid role player, but probably shouldn't be like your best hitter. And we'll get traded. Yeah, we'll get traded. Loriano's fine in center, but again, shouldn't be one of your the best hitters on your team. The rest of them are basically just just filling guys that might crack benches around the league. The rotation isn't as nearly as pathetic as uh, the offense. You mentioned uh, Shintaro Fujinami coming. You know that was that was their big big signing from Japan. And he's good. He's, he's good. He's solid. Yeah. No, I don't mean that as a as a slide on him. It's just when that is that kind of thing is consistently like your your big thing. It's just sad. But then on the pitching side, there are some more intriguing young guys. Um, Ken Waldachuk, uh, Kyle Muller getting a consistent opportunity. Um, even maybe like a JP Sears. There's there's a little bit there. The rotation might not be might not be totally brutal. And I don't uh Blackburn will join them at some point as well. I know he's a little banged up, but he'll he'll join that. But man, it's just it's sad. I think this is one of the saddest situations in maybe all of professional sports because what it's not like they were bad. The, this was a team that was on the cusp of greatness in the postseason. They were making the postseason. They were competing in the AOS. They they didn't need to do this. They did not need to take this path at all. This is 100% forced by the organization. If they wanted to, they could probably be towards they, – they could be, at bare minimum, contending for a playoff spot. They have dismantled this roster without actually getting too much of substance back. It's brutal, but – I'm big. I'm big on Shay Langliers, uh, Langliers. I don't. I don't know. I think he. He was like very meh uh, last year. And he's passes limp- the eye test defensively. I saw him playing spring training. Yeah, he's. Um, and w- when we see him in more of a full time role as the catcher, I think he'll develop more because he's pretty solid behind the plate. Um, he has that raw power that can that can light it up. I think he can become one of those guys. Solid defense power. Surprise. Got a cannon. Yeah, he he's. I think he even if he's not great as a hitter, you know, it's it's a catching catching. It's kind of like Sean Murphy two point <laughs> Yeah, like maybe a slight yeah, slightly poor man Sean Murphy kind of thing. Which hmm, you would think, whatever, whatever. Um, but I I like I like Shay Langliers. I think he'll be he'll be solid. But I don't know if a catcher like that in that situation is exactly the most fun thing to like be like woo. Uh, sorry, A's fans. I'm I'm genuinely sorry. Um, let's move to fourth. <laughs> I got the most overrated team in the league, the Texas Rangers. Uh, they spent money. They bought a rotation, and I'd like someone to show me one example of when a team has bought a rotation. It's worked out because uh, I don't think that that's ever happened. I don't think a team has ever bought a rotation and it's worked out. Padres kinda. Oh, trading, I, rotation. trading is a little different. You know, they got. Jacob DeGrom, Anthony Evaldi, and Andrew Heaney. Um, Anthony Evaldi has been struggling with injuries and lost a lot of velo on his fastball, maybe up to three miles per hour. Jacob DeGrom, when healthy, is the best in the world, but he's 35, and he can't stay healthy. And then there's Heen Dog, who, at this point, I feel like him being a Ranger has been destiny for a while, and they... Paid him the big bucks, maybe 
14 million a year or something in that range. Anyway, uh, it's a good pitching staff. I just don't know if they'll make it to June health wise. And the lineup uh, has a really good bounce back candidate in Corey Seager. I mean, I don't know if you could say a bounce back. He had a good year last year, but I feel like Corey Seager in terms of the scale of people like caring about a player. I don't think anyone cares about Corey Seager right now and is acknowledging what Corey Seager is doing, you know? Yeah. And uh, Nathaniel Lau, that's, that's a, that's a good baseball player. And then you got the free swing and Adolis Garcia. So, I mean, it's a, it's an okay team. I just think they're very overrated. I think some people are going as far to say as they're in contention for this division. That's far from the truth. Yeah. Uh, fourth, I also have the Rangers. And a big thing is if, if I was guaranteed perfect health, I would have a slightly different opinion on them. Starting in the lineup, the top has some pretty pretty cool guys. Corey Seager, I agree with you. He's kind of just since going to Texas. He hasn't been bad. It's just he's kind of flown under the radar. Kind of like an Anthony Rendon type. And I don't mean a current Anthony Rendon. I mean a Washington Anthony Rendon. Yeah. He might just put the numbers up and, and not get the acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, I think Marcus Simeon. You know, he had a little bit of a an up and down season last year. Looked pretty awful at times, and then turned it on. I think I think we'll get a better version of him. Uh, Nathaniel Lau, he, you know, another guy that's been pretty consistently solid, and we don't hear much about him. Adolis Garcia, it's going to depend on the day, but he'll he'll be fun in spurts. I liked the Robbie Grossman signing, which is kind of weird to mention, but he, I, he's just I love platoon guys like that. I think the the floor is pretty high where he's going to be able to get on base and you're, you're not going to start him close to every day, but I like guys like that, that can move it along in the lineup because the bottom of this lineup really falls off. Like you have, you know, Brad Miller, Ezekiel Duran. I, I like Josh Jung. I think Josh Jung's an interesting guy to look at moving forward. I'm not like necessarily 100% sold on him, but I think, you know, what I've seen from him, because he's a guy that I kind of watched a little bit in college and I've seen him a little bit more in action than some of these other prospects. I think that he, I think that he can be productive and they don't need him to be a superstar. He just needs to walk just like a little bit, just walk like a little bit and just be able to maintain some rallies and that will do wonders for this lineup. The rotation is fantastic if you guarantee me 150 plus innings from all of them. But these are all guys that have experienced varying levels of injuries. J- Jacob DeGrom, you said it, best in the sport when he's healthy, but I'm he's given us really no reason to respect that. And he's 35 now. Like we're number one just saying he okay, he if he's healthy, but when was the last time he had a full season? You know, now he's 35. If he's healthy and in- he could just I'm not I don't mean like in terms of he just turned into a bad pitcher but he's getting older now his body could start breaking down and he might not be as effective in the middle of the season in the lull of you know maybe even into the dog days of the summer you know it's tough it's a tough sport yeah absolutely um and then so so that's the thing is it's it's a big if DeGrom when he's out there he's gonna be great um maybe that's not uh too flat area but he's gonna be great Evaldi, it's just he's always been a mixed bag and has struggled with health. Martin Perez, I think, might be the steadiest presence, but I don't mean that in him being fantastic. I think he's 
I think, you know, he's definitely the steadiest. I think he'll be able to give them solid innings and he'll hover around like a four ERA, which I've, I've alluded to it a lot. Guys like that are valuable. You need some of that. Um, then you get down to gray. I think John gray's like fine, but he, he's not exactly known for a clean bill of health. And Andrew Heaney, I don't know what to make of Andrew Heaney because I don't know who Andrew Heaney is. It's like it's it's he doesn't know who he is. It's a question all his time. Is Andrew Heaney good or is he bad? And the numbers will tell you from last year, he was pretty dang good with the Dodgers, you know. The ERA hovering around three. Um, really by by just account by like all accounts, he was he was very good, but that was in a very limited sample size that was in about 70 innings. So what do you make of that? Because 2021, he was atrocious. And then as he was an angel, he was just on the cusp most of the time. You know, he had he had ERAs in the fours where he'd go on. I mean, you couldn't speak to it. Where there were times where it was like, okay, this guy's on track to get, to really make a jump. And then he just kind of never did. And what he did with the Dodgers was impressive. But again, 70 innings, am I going to bank on that? No. But is there the upside? Sure. Um, that's the thing, though. Overall, it's just too many ifs. And when you're, I feel like when you're projecting the future, there has to be some level of consistency that you're, that you're rolling with. And I'm, I'm not willing to put all of my chips into all of those guys saying if, you know, they're healthy, if so on and so forth. So I think like, I can see the vision with the Rangers. I can see a way where they can make a little bit of run and push for the playoffs, but I'm not, I'm not sold on it now for sure. Um, so that gets us to third place. Um, in third place, I have none other than the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> um, I mean, this Take team all your is... time on this one, by the way. I know sometimes we suppress how long someone can talk, like mainly Joey, about Wisconsin sports. You are, you're, you're free to go. Uh, boy, this team is just controversial as they're they're maybe the most controversial team in the league everyone talks about how Otani and Trout they they they're just not on a winning team we want Otani and Trout freed and the Angels go out and they build some pretty premium lineup depth uh, the, the lineup one through nine is pretty good and I think you would agree with me looking at the roster you start wondering yourself okay where is it going to go wrong? Because this team is like pretty good. This team should be in the wildcard contention. But I just don't know if I can buy into them being a playoff contender just because of how it feels like every year is the exact same. I think, okay, this is the year they're finally going to be in playoff contention and they're not in playoff contention. So on paper, this is the best team since 2014 when they won 98 games. But I guess I'm just scarred as an Angel fan, and I, I just feel like they're not going to do well. The lineup is very good. Uh, you know, obviously, you got Ward, Trout, Otani, Rendon, and Renfro. That, that's that's a great one through five. And then you got the depth of Renhifo, Drury, Urshela, Ohapi, um, you know, Jared Walsh, and Max Stassi on the IL right now. And then you got Modiak down in AAA. That's another outfield depth option. Uh, and the rotation. I think at this point, the Angels don't have pitching narrative is uh, is dead. I think even the casual fans have caught on to that they have decent pitching. And the pitching is good. You know how big of a Reed Detmers guy I am. Uh, I think Reed Detmers is 
little, little spoiler here, but I think he is a dark horse Cy Young candidate. And today, Reed Demers was throwing 98 miles per hour. I'm taking all my time I can talking about the Angels. The one thing I don't like about this team is the bullpen. But they have a guy named Ben Joyce in double A. They have a guy named Eric Torres in double A. They got some guys that they could throw in this bullpen if they're chasing the playoffs. And one more guy I'll talk about before I'll let you probably have your takes on the Angels because they're probably your third place team too, is Zach Neto, who has been lighting up spring training in the last few I guess, days. Uh, could he be a guy the Angels call up in a playoff in a playoff hunt? And can he, you know, maybe break out and be that final piece that they need? I have them winning 86 games. Um, I, I, I think this team can win more, but they're also the Angels, so they could win like 77 games. Yeah, I have the Angels in third, and I'm, I could echo just about everything you said. All things considered... I thought they did well this offseason. It was, there's certainly some uncertainty in terms of Moreno selling the team, possibly um, talks of like maybe an Otani extension or just, you know, certain mandates that may have been on Perry Manassian. They didn't get a splash guy, but I think they did a really good job filling depth, which has consistently been an issue for the Angels in the lineup. I think Brandon Drury is a great, great addition. He, you know, at, at bare minimum, he's a fantastic platoon guy. He might not. Jury Walsh platoon. That's that's a good one. I don't think I don't know if Jury's going to be a guy you want to start against tough righties, but he he'll he'll hit for some power against lefties, no doubt. Um, Gio Urshela isn't a guy that's like, oh wow, he's fantastic. But we're talking about depth. He's a guy that if he's one of your like bottom three hitters, that kind of thing, you're pretty content with. That. And you know what? That's a player we haven't had in a long time. Just a decent depth piece that is like solid <laughs> um and for me the guy i look at most you know, you know that's most intriguing lineup it's, it's anthony rendon and uh i personally don't really care at all about spring training stats but i like the trajectory for rendon his time in anaheim has been incredibly underwhelming but i think it's slightly taken out of context because he was fantastic in that 2020 season and he hasn't been I don't like. I don't want to get. Don't get it twisted. He has not been good when he's been healthy. Even he, you know, in his fifty-eight games in twenty twenty-one, in his forty-seven games in twenty twenty-two, it hasn't been great. But I've kind of discussed it. I like guys that are able to walk at a pretty solid rate, um, and that's consistently been Rendon. I think that brings his floor up. And then, uh, hey, when you look at the numbers deeper. His uh, batting average on balls in play when he was in Washington, it was consistently over 300, but those numbers have been abysmal since moving to, uh, to the angels. I don't the think angels way. They, exactly. I don't, I, I think we're past the point of him being like a 150 WRC plus MVP guy, but I feel like I can definitely see him getting back to being a solid contributor when you have, he, you know, he doesn't, they don't need him. Obviously, with the money they're paying him, you'd like him to be, you know, closer to a superstar. But in terms of the way that the team's built, you have Mike Trout, uh, Shohei Otani, Hunter Renfro, a bunch of different guys around you that are just that, that can hit themselves. You, Rendon, just get hot a little bit. Dot, you know, I think that's a testament to what Manassian's done is they don't like, like in the past, they, they needed Rendon to succeed in order to have like a decent lineup. But, there's enough around now where we can afford Rendon to 
I don't want to say be bad because that's just not smart and that's a bad take, but like he can just be like above average and it might be okay. Yeah. Um, then you get to the rotation. Uh, and I mean, I kind of just like skipped over them because I feel like everyone knows, but Sho- Shohei Otani, I mean, he's the, he's the greatest man on the earth. Um, <laughs> he's just so fantastic. And I think really on both sides, he's just, he's so brilliant to watch. Um, Noah's talking about how he really likes Reed Detmers as a Cy Young dark horse. I like Patrick Sandoval. Uh, it was fun watching him pitch in the WBC. He's a guy that's super exciting. He's he's really continued to improve and improve each year. Brought Tyler Anderson over from the Dodgers. He had a pretty solid year last year. I think regression is inevitable, but he can still be a, a solid a solid piece. They're not paying him necessarily a ton of money. And the guy that I love that I'm high on in this Angels rotation, Jose Suarez. He's not your typical, like, he's not a guy that I think at any point is going to be an ace, but you want competency at the bottom of your rotation, this is the guy for you. He, over the last several years, 2021, he logged about 100 innings, had a 3.75 ERA. Last year, 109 innings, had a 3.96 ERA. You're not going to get tons of length from him, but he's just a solid, consistent starter. He's able to get it in and out. Um, he doesn't doesn't walk guys at a particularly high rate, and he's a fun guy to watch. Like it, it might not he's a he's a you know he only throws about ninety three. He's not like doesn't pump anything, but he's just I don't know. I find him to be fun to watch. He's a good swing man if they need to use him. Like like in the scenario where the Angels go to the postseason, like he every team kind of has that guy that transitions to going to the bullpen and like you know, multi-innings doubt. I think that's Jose Suarez in that. He's been elite out of the bullpen in his career. <laughs> yeah. So Jose Suarez, I'm really pro him. I don't love the bullpen. The bullpen concerns me a little bit. But it's got some pieces. It's not. It's got some pieces. It's not the tip. Like, I don't, it's not a doom and gloom bullpen where I'm certain they're going to be bad. It's just not, not one of the better ones that I see off the top. Um, But yeah, overall, I every year consistently follow for the Angels propaganda. And I will continue to do that, considering I actually think this year they have fielded and a team in the last several years. We've spent enough time on them, so we'll move on. But lastly, um, just in case you're wondering where we have came from, uh, their cleanup hitter last year was Matt Duffy, and Tyler Wade was in the opening day lineup. And this year their cleanup hitter will be Anthony Rendon, protected by Hunter Renfro. <laughs> that's, that's a lot better. Yeah. All right, who do you have in second? I've got everybody's favorite team, the Seattle Mariners, in second place. And they just continue to get better and better. Their young guys are really forming into good players. They have a superstar, and they have lineup depth. And they have pitching. They have very, very good pitching. Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, George Kirby. That's a great top three I have my questions about Logan Gilbert. Marco Gonzalez is not a very good pitcher, but they have an elite bullpen. This is a good team. I have them winning 92 games. You know, I don't like the Mariners, but I am no longer going to be delusional and tell myself this team isn't good. This is a very, very good team. And they're not likable to me, but I get why they're likable to everybody else. I also have the Mariners in second. They've done a good job of completing their lineup. Julio Rodriguez, obviously an ascending stud. Ty France has become 
a solid fixture there. Eugenio Suarez, not a guy that you're going to can rely on consistently, but he will provide power, get hot. Cal Raleigh has emerged as, as a legitimate backstop. And then in terms shout of their, Silver North Carolina. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Silver North Carolina. Um, and then they, I like the ads they made. AJ Pollock isn't, he's not, he's not a stud per se, but I think he's a pretty solid platoon option. The kind of guy that you, you like having on your roster. They got Teoscar Hernandez, so I don't want to say for free, but for what Teoscar Hernandez can do at a fantastic rate. I mean, he's been so consistently, I don't want to say, honestly, I, I will say great. He, last three seasons, 142, 132, 129 WRC+. He just smacks the ball. He hits the ball very hard. Um... I think the, the main place where he, he could be burned is if he gets cold, he doesn't walk very much. So that doesn't exactly bode well for him. But Tay Oscar, man, that's that was a big ad for not very much. I like that. Um, the rotation is I, I like the rotation a lot. I'm I'm all in on Luis Castillo. I think George Kirby is a guy that's gonna take a leap. Uh Robbie Ray at this point, I think he's fine. I don't think he's I really he said two good seasons. I don't buy the Robbie Ray getting back to Cy Young. I think he's very average, which is fine. Like I think, I don't know. I think maybe maybe I'd say like a three, somewhere from a three seven to like a three nine five ERA kind of thing. Um, Logan Gilbert, you and I are kind of on the same wavelength with that. Feels like some of that upside is limited, and you know he could be susceptible to. The te- teams know what they're getting from him, and he could be susceptible to struggling there. And but either way, I think he's fine. He's fastball only. Yeah. Uh, and then Marco Gonzalez has been the same player for a while. But overall, that's that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid rotation. Like, I, I hate to beat a dead horse. Competent rotation, man. And Castillo at the front, I really like. I really like, and I like Kirby moving forward. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And then... It's an interesting bullpen. Paul Seawald, uh, Andres Munoz, former San Diego Padre, has really emerged. Uh, Matt Brash, seeing him in more of a bullpen role, I think will be exciting. He's a guy that could be explosive if he's consistently working out of the bullpen. I think that kind of taps into into the power pitcher he can be. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I? I'm trying to think if I skipped over any. It'll be Jared Kelnick's a guy that we're we're going to be talking about kind of every year for if he can bounce back. I think. At this point, he's going to provide some power, but I'm I'm off of Jared Kelnick in terms. This is of his last out. year. Just, like, if he doesn't put up results this year, he's going to get sent to like Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is not a good place to be sent. The, sh- the shadow realm, one might say. <laughs> so I have I have them at second. I think they'll snag a wild card spot. And I'm going to go three for three here. Your <laughs> AL West champion is it the Houston Astros? It's the Astros, and again, I feel like I'm saying this about a lot of teams, but I just think a lot of teams are kind of, we just kind of know what they are, and I don't think there's a better example of knowing what they are than the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are one of the, I mean, maybe one of the most well-ran organizations in all of the North American sports. Um, they win and they don't stop winning and they are just unbelievable. 
And they somehow, it feels like in recent memory, their roster has been getting worse in terms of names, but it almost feels like the quality is even getting better. It's kind of weird. They're play like they haven't had a, a highly ranked farm system in probably it's gotta be at least what three, four years now. Yeah. And yet they just have these players coming out of nowhere and being like super utility role players that are better than like half the dudes in the AL Central lineups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the pitching, oh boy, that is a good rotation. And Hunter Brown. Here we go. I mean, Hunter Brown's a pretty big prospect, but you're talking about a guy that is probably going to come on this team and he's going to look like 2019 Garrett Cole. <laughs> you know, they just they just do it right somehow. And it's it's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, no Altuve for half the year. That should be a little bit interesting. I mean, this team's really good, but it it, it is kind of unfortunate to not have your second best player maybe third best player for half the year. That does suck. Yeah. Um, I I obviously have the Astros here, and I, I echo everything you said. The Astros are just so consistently fantastic, and the way that they've lost stars to free agency and just kind of don't skip a beat at all, it's fantastic. I think, I mean, it's everyone talks about it, and I think it's slightly overstated based off of that. His regular season really wasn't, that incredible but the way that Carlos Correa left and Jeremy Pena was able to slide in not to quite Correa standards but it's like you just you don't see that sort of sort of fluid transition there man they their lineup is just so stacked at the top I think Pena will improve we saw what he did in the postseason he'll continue to get better and he's tough with the glove I'm a I love Kyle Tucker Kyle Tucker is one of my favorite guys year in year out I'm I'm in on Kyle Tucker Alex Bregman, when he, another joy to watch. Jordan Alvarez, possibly the best overall hitter in baseball. I don't know. Um, Jose Abreu was a good ad. I don't. I, I think he'll benefit from being around these guys. Like I think he's on a little bit of a downward trajectory, but being surrounded by all of these talented hitters is going to do wonders for him. And he'll also benefit from the little league left field. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and. You look at the injuries, Altuve, that that's pretty brutal. And I think they that they will feel that to begin the year. But once they get him back, he, I think he'll be a guy that hits his, you know, finds his stride. Same with Michael Brantley will be out to start the year. Those are two guys that you add them. And I mean, whew, that that that's a lineup that gets even better. I think they could use an outfielder. I think they could use an outfielder, and I've been saying for a while, I think we all have been saying for a while that they could use a catcher, but it's pretty clear that it's it's Martin Maldonado and whatever. We'll live with that. And he'll probably be there next year too somehow. Probably. And you know what? If he's actually the catalyst for their pitching being insane, then sure, because their pitching is <laughs> insane. I think every single one of their starters is going to be above average. Fromber Valdez is a stud. Jose Urquidy um, you know, obviously we haven't seen him necessarily with tons of bulk innings, but he's a guy that he, I mean, he's just as solid as they come. He, he's just a classic Astros guy where he's continued to get better and better. He looks more comfortable. They're stretching him out, starting him from, you know, more of limited role to being that full-time starter making, you know, having a full year's workload. You have Luis Garcia. 
another guy that I mean, the brutal thing about Luis Garcia is we're not going to be able to see his uh what the the Texas the true Texas two step, but he's he's another guy that I think is solid and is on an upward trajectory. Is going to be give quality innings. Hunter Brown, you mentioned him. I'm big on him. I think he'll have a huge year. And Christian Javier, I won't elaborate too much, but I am big, very, very big on Christian Javier. So that rotation. Who isn't? <laughs> who isn't? But I'm, I'm, I'm real big, real big. Um, and the bullpen, bullpen's great too. I mean, Ryan Presley's emerged as one of the best bullpen options. Rafael Montero should be solid. Abreu, Nariz, Stanek, Maton. It's a lot of guys with some some legitimate experience. They uh, could use a lefty arm, but this is kind of grasping at straws. They, the Astros are awesome. That's not even mentioning. I don't. What's the timeline for Lance McCullers? I don't know. Um, he has a he got a he had a strained elbow on February fourteenth. So I'm not completely. I don't know a lot about it, but I don't think it's going to be something that is like going to extended to the second half of the season. Yeah. And it's that I that rotation stacked not even thinking about him. That's incredible. Those are six guys that I think are all going to be above average. Well, or Katie probably is the one that gets kicked out when the colors comes back and he is very good. <laughs> yeah, that's talk about a good problem to have. That's it. Um and so that is the American League standings. Let's let's go over. Uh, who do we have making the playoffs, Noah? Uh, so I have the Astros being the one overall in the AL. I have the Blue Jays, uh, the two overall seed in the AL, and then I have the Central winning Guardians as the third seed. My wild card teams. Uh, my first wild card team is the Mariners. My second wild card team is the Yankees, and my third wild card team is the Rays. Notably, I have the Angels and the Orioles missing the playoff by both a game. Yeah, so we're we're very similar for the most part. I have the Astros. I think the Astros are so like like I I talked about how deep of a of an AL it is, and it is deep. But at the top, I think the Astros are just leaps and bounds above everyone else. So I have them. Uh, winning the AL overall in the regular season, followed by the Blue Jays, Guardians, both champions of their own division. Mariners is their as the first wild card. Yankees is the second wild card. But I I do it every year. I really do, and at some point it's gonna stick. I have the Angels getting the third wild card spot over mainly over the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, look, I've bought in this many times. I might as well keep shooting. You know, I'd rather I'd rather be. 0 for 10 and 0 for 2 because that means I, I stopped trying. So. And I think it says something about what the Angels have done to their fan base when the non-Angel fan has the Angels making the playoffs and the Angel fan has the Angels missing the playoffs. I'm, I'm base. I feel like I'm I'm essential. I'm an Angels fan with sl- slight the less with less of the general depression. I'm more of like a laugh at the dysfunction versus like having to experience it is more like pure agony. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm very entrenched. Hey, I laugh at it too, man. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Like I'm, I I can uh, I can provide some of that optimism because I'm not since it doesn't really affect me. 
I can kind of, I can be that beacon of, of hope. You know, I'm not trying to like, I'm kind of the, maybe the shaman of the angels. Uh, I'm, I'm also 100% kidding here. Um, so that's, that's the playoff picture. Um, who do you have ultimately coming out of the American league and representing them in the world series? Um, just getting straight to it. I have the Astros making it out of the AL. Um, you know, I don't know if you wanted me to go series by series, but you, you can if you want. I don't have series by I, series. I uh, I did series by series, but it's quite insignificant. Uh I guess the biggest highlight is I have the Blue Jays and the Astros in the ALCS. And I have the Astros winning the ALCS. Uh I don't I think it's almost a guarantee that the Astros make the ALCS because they've done it every year since I think twenty sixteen or seventeen. Uh so, of course, the Astros are going to do it again, and I think they're going to go to the World Series again because that's just what the Astros do. Notably, I also have the Mariners beating the Yankees in the Wild Card Series. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be a really fun series, I think. Um, I also have the Astros making the World Series. And at this point, I'll say it. I kind of like the Astros. The way too. They have a lot of really likable players. A lot of the guys that they have now really weren't associated with that past era. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, we, we can move on. They're, they are fantastic without any, at this point, without any asterisks. Um, like that, the guys in that lineup, like Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, and Jordan Alvarez, those are three guys that are super, super, super likable. And Altuve's kind of turned into not as likable just because, you know, some narratives around it, but ultimately Altuve previously before then was one of the most likable players. And then I, I don't know. It's maybe it's just that they're so beautifully ran and I, I, I can just appreciate how, how they've constructed their roster and how they've had the staying power of success being, you know, I'd say probably up with the, up with the Dodgers in terms of being the most consistent over the past several years. But the difference between them and the Dodgers is they've won two world series in non-pandemic shortened seasons and they the Dodgers have won zero full season world series (laughs) correct and like you said ALCS every single gosh darn year so I I definitely have them making it there um and I'll I'm not looking what so the matchup would be I believe it would be what the top top two seeds get a buy um yeah top two get a and then three plays six and four plays five and then four and five play one yeah, okay. So I don't have it written out at all, but in this hypothetical scenario of mine, the Guardians will be playing the Angels in the wild card, and I will have the Angels winning a playoff series. Congrats. Yeah, it ain't happening, man. Congrats, Angels, for your preseason uh your preseason uh postseason victory. Congrats. Uh okay. well, and speaking of preseason victories, the Angels uh clinched back to back Cactus League championships tonight. Congratulations. Um, big if true. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's go over some awards. I was thinking MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. Do you have anything else on the slate? Um, just in general, no. But uh, I do have some award picks. Okay, so let's let's hear it. Let's start um, with MVP. My MVP is Shohei Otani, and unless someone emerges uh from the shadows like Judge and has a record-breaking year, or Otani can't stay healthy, it's going to be Otani because he is the most valuable player, and 
whatever the war models say they're wrong because they penalize them for being a dh even though that doesn't make any sense um and i'll i'll, I'll give you a dark horse uh cory seager we talked about it earlier cory seager has kind of faded into mlb irrelevance um in texas and i think maybe people aren't talking about him as an mvp candidate but you know no more shift uh maybe he there's not really a corner to turn but he's good last year but i just maybe he hits more doubles or something you know it just i just he's a good baseball player yeah um for mvp i have show hail tawny he is the best player in baseball. He's the most valuable player in baseball. I I echo what you say. So what? He doesn't play the field. I don't really care because he's a significantly above average hitter and a significantly above average pitcher. So like that's a spot where I really don't even care about using war. I can use the the eye test and just the the logic of really good and really good is insane. Um, and as long as he stays healthy. And has, I mean, he should have won it last year. I wrote a whole article, not a whole article. I wrote about it in, in a My Picks article. It's no disrespect to Judge. I can understand some of the narrative. But he was he was so awesome. And what he does is so unprecedented to the point where someone, I, I don't even think the Judge season he had, which was insane, I don't even think that was worth getting it over Otani. So I don't see any feasible way for someone, for someone other than, Shohei Otani to win it, or at least should win it if he is healthy and he is just has similar marks. Because last year is 142 WRC plus. And I mean, he, I think he's really underrated as a pitcher. I do. He's fantastic as a hitter. He might be the best in the AL as a pitcher. He had in over 166 innings, a 2-3-3 ERA, 2-4 FIP. That's, that's pure dominance. And what's remarkable about him is like it's very like you Darvish esque, very classic Japanese pitcher. You don't really know what you're gonna get. Like some days he'll just throw his fastball seventy percent of the time, and then you'll have another start where he'll just be throwing a completely new pitch, and then the start after that he's throwing his secondaries eighty percent of the time. It's just like, it's almost like he kind of is just like, I'm gonna toy with these hitters tonight and do what I want to do and only what I want to do, and yeah. he introduces new pitches all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean. We could talk about Shohei Otani forever, and we've done a good job of limiting it. But I, I just, I cannot emphasize more. He, he is my MVP. He's incredible. My runner-up guy was just, you know, ooing and aahing over Kyle Tucker. I think I might have even had him winning it last year. I don't know. I don't. My preseason predictions are bad, and I just follow my heart sometimes. Kyle Tucker's just since he's been in the big leagues and you know getting consistent playing time, he has been one of the most steady hitters in the sport. He hits for some power. He is able to get on base at an impressive clip. He He's just not, there's not much of a flaw to him. And he really, any of those Astros hitters can can contend for an MVP spot because they all kind of feast off of each other. And I just, I, I love everything about Tucker. And I think you, you factor in a little bit of defensive value. I like him up there. And then a dark horse who I kind of referred to earlier and is not someone I, I would pick. But the Dark Horse is Byron Buxton, and Dark Horse is going to be Byron Buxton for every single year that he plays half a season and looks pretty darn good. And you're like, wow, I wish he played a full season because I wonder what he would have done. He played 92 games in 2021, 
and generated for war had a 136 WRC plus in 2021 he played in 61 games had a 171 WRC plus and a 4.1 war I mean I'll let you guys you know do the math on what that could possibly equate to across the whole season and maybe you know it's not that simple perhaps but man I just want a full season from Byron Buxton is that too much to ask for I guess it it's is. not too much to ask for. Um, Cy Young. Who do we have for Cy Young? Um, my Cy Young is Dylan Cease. Um, a rare bright spot for the White Sox right now. He's dominant. And quite frankly, I'd pick Otani. But I think the voters are basically like, you know, I can't pick him as the Cy Young because I'm picking him as MVP. It's kind of strange that that happens, but it's not to take away from Dylan Cease. He's dominant and uh, is a really fun pitcher to watch. I think he takes the Cy home this year. And uh, my dark horse, I said it earlier, it's Reed Detmers. uh, And I'll say it again. It's because it's remarkable to me. He was throwing 98 today. He's a guy that uh, out of college was topping like 91. And now he's throwing 92 mile power sliders in the big leagues. He's a control freak that, uh, has walked into throwing 98 miles per hour. <laughs> Would you say he's uh, Kershaw-esque? He is Kershaw-esque, <laughs> yes. Um, For my Cy Young, I, I did a bad job of hiding it. Christian Javier, I love everything about this guy. I have an article coming out that probably will align with when this drops. And I, 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 it was honestly pretty concise because there's only so much I can elaborate. Christian Javier has just been so fantastic when he's given that regular workload. Last year, 148 innings, 2.54 ERA, you know, showed off that strikeout ability. We saw some of that, you know, some of that magic in the postseason. Um, if he can just bring down the walks a little bit, and then we see him, you know, make that 30 starts. And they, as they grow to trust him to let him go deeper and deeper into games, I'm I'm all on Christian Javier. My runner-up, I have Kevin Gossman. He's a pretty safe pick in the sense that he uh, is going to throw a lot of innings. And the numbers last year were, were really, really good. 3.35 ERA, 2.38 FIP. Uh, he was a monster in terms of generating war, which, like, I don't, I don't necessarily – count that as a big part of this but i i think he's gonna go out there and shove again be in that conversation my dark horse uh i referenced it earlier as well as you did it's an angel but it's not reed detmers it's patrick sandoval he especially when you watch him pitch in wbc that kind of i was like yeah i feel good about that he's he's a guy who he's made significant improvement year in year out he really didn't look like much in his, you know, towards the beginning of his big league career. And then 2021 took a pretty big leap up, still had some places to improve. And then last year he did it. He threw, you know, he doesn't go super deep into games. That's something he can improve upon that could make him more of a viable candidate, but he had a sub three ERA, the FIP at 3.09. And that's still with not great walk numbers. And so you improve on that. That's the big thing. You can improve that that walk per nine. I I think Sandy's gonna be gonna turn some heads. And a little interesting Angel fan knowledge here is uh he probably isn't here without Shohei Otani being stuck on public transit in Oakland in 2021 
a little random story. Uh, he basically was on the brink of just getting optioned to Salt Lake and probably at that point would have been an afterthought for the org. Made a spot start because Otani got stuck on public transit, dominated, got another chance, dominated again. Then they looked at this guy and said, hey, this guy's pretty good. I mean, they, and uh, from there on out, he started, uh, he got a rotation spot and the rest is history. I remember that, the uh, the Bart incident. Mm-hmm. And that led to uh, that led to Patrick Sandoval being a being a starter for them. That's awesome. I did not realize. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That is cool. All right, uh, let's round it out. AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, my AL Rookie of the Year is uh, Baltimore Oriole Grayson Rodriguez, who I believe is starting the year in Norfolk or Norfolk, however you say it. Um, but that doesn't really matter to me. I bet he's with the club by May, and I think in the past it's been proven you don't really need to play April to win Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, he, like I said earlier, has a 430-foot left field wall to left field, uh, and he is dominant. So when batters are hitting the ball in the air, it's probably going to get caught, but most of the time batters are probably going to be swinging and missing. <laughs> Uh, and I'll give you a dark horse, and I think that this is a really big dark horse for Rookie of the Year, but give me Estuary Ruiz. You know, we could see base stealing numbers uh, kind of similar to uh, what the field is called, Ricky Henderson Field. Estuary Ruiz could be challenging stolen base records, and that could have the voters excited. If he can hit a little bit and break a record like a stolen base record, or have the most stolen bases in however, you know, since like 1996, for example, the voter that might catch their eye and they might say, wow, that guy's pretty exciting, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Esteori guy. I really liked him. I, I wrote, I wrote a article about prospects I liked over the summer and I wrote about him. And then a couple weeks later, he was traded just kind of, you know, funny. And it's um, not a lack of the bat. I mean, he's got some pop. He does. He's, He's a weird he he has it. He's a weird case, but I think the upside's there. My AL rookie of the year is an Oriole, but it is not your Oriole. It is Gunnar Henderson. I'm all in on this guy. He has thrived at just about every level. He had well, he played in about 30 games last year and did not look flustered at all. Performed at a fantastic level. I think it's just gonna continue to get better and better. And he, he like he's he's just so there's not a clear flaw to him. He's not, I guess he might not, he's not a pure power guy. We're not going to see him hit tons of home runs, but he has that gap power. He, he's able to consistently hit the ball hard. He's a strong fielder. He walks at a high rate. And I just, I love everything about Gunnar Henderson. I do. Um, my runner up is someone I've referenced Hunter Brown. I think Hunter Brown is in for a big year. If he's, I think that's also contingent on him getting those innings, which that could be dicey considering there are so many guys and he might not necessarily have the workload to actually be the runner up, but he's, he should have a big year. Dark Horse, Dark Horse is always kind of weird with AL rookie or with rookie of the year because there are guys that will emerge, but again, you might not think off the top of my head. I mean, you could look and at a guy like Logan O'Hoppy. I don't think he catcher for the Angels. I don't really think he's at much of a candidate for rookie of the year but he could be a rookie that has a nice season um considering it's trending towards he's going to be able to 
be to make a majority or at least close to a majority of the starts behind the plate for the angels. If you know, he, he has some decent power numbers. Um, we can see if he, if that can translate a little bit as, as it goes on, he had a cup of tea. I want to, what he, he playing like three games last year, Noah? Like seven, eight, maybe, okay. maybe more towards your number. Not a lot. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I'd call him a legitimate dark horse for this award, but I, he, he's someone to look for uh, as a possible, possible rookie making a contribution to his team. And yeah. That is the American League. I think we hit on just about everything. Is there anything that comes to mind that we didn't hit on? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. A lot of baseball talked about. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm trying to even think of some some like niche player thing that I could shout out, but I'm I'm at this point really just drawing blanks. I think we uh we can call it a day. Um, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. As always, check out the blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wix site backslash home. Uh, follow the Twitter at the redshirt blog. We'll be posting information about, about when there's new podcasts, new blogs, sometimes some insight into active sports. Like if you look sandwiched between all of my new podcasts, new blog is me saying Marquise Noel is the best passer I've ever seen. So that's that you you go for the reminders of when new stuff is out and you stay for the Marquise Noel is the best passer of all time. Uh the Instagram at the dot red shirt. Um same thing. That's where you're gonna see new blog, new podcast posts. We're getting, you know, the, the Instagram's getting a little update. We're getting some more high quality edits, um, which is which is kind of fun to see. And and that's really all we have for you today. And when I say that's all we have for you, I mean I think we talked about just about everything. Besides, we we could have went into each of their triple A, double A, high A, Arizona League rosters. But I think at the big league level, we really hit on everything. Um, Noah, really appreciate having you on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. For, that's not the. Uh, thank you guys for. I that threw me off because I kind of just. I'm usually on a routine, but the way it flowed, I said it different. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Red Shirt Podcast. We will see you guys next time. There we go. Perfect.